just saying maybe that the uh, warp speed propulsion will be available soon. Now, that's interesting to note because Star Trek was based on real science. So the warp theory is possible. We just haven't done it yet. And now, coming to you from the K2 Studios in San Diego, California, it's the world-famous Chris and Christine Show. Hey, what's happening, everybody? How are you doing today? Thank you so much for listening, and I am Chris. And I'm Christine, and welcome to episode 82 of the Chris and Christine Show. Do-do-do-do! Fantastic! How has your week been today, this week, baby? We're going to go to you first today. I'm not answering that question this week. Okay. Well, I have had a fabulous, fantastic week. Actually, I have too, with the exception of the last five hours. <laughs> well, well, the five hours are the exception for a lot of funsy stuff where it usually happens right here in the Chris mm-hmm. and Christine household. Yep. But, you can uh, call it that. Yes. <laughs> well, but just because we have a little bit of disagreement, a little bit of argument. Uh, I wouldn't call it an argument. I would call it being completely left out of your life, but okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Oh, well, this week has been rough work-wise. It's been very busy. Uh, we are back to full throttle, like literally. Every- As I roll my eyes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, no. oh, I'm going to play my violin for you. Wait. <laughs> oh, it sounds great. Yep. That tiny little one between my two pinkies is as much sympathy as you're getting. It sounds a little broken. Yeah, like you. <laughs> <laughs> the evil girl is coming out. But go ahead. Tell everybody about your very difficult week. Uh, well, it's been really busy at work. And they have set something which they haven't set for a long time at work. And that is uh, mandatory overtime. I think that is a load of BS. I think that's illegal. Um, it, well, I, I mean, you're not a corrections officer. Or like a doctor or anything. I mean, why are they able to do mandatory overtime? I am on strike from this. I do not agree with it. You shouldn't have to work the extra time. I mean, they're taking you. You're already working. Like, yeah, I'm going to get on my soapbox here. You're working 12 to 13 hours a night, four nights in a row, which is already over the 40-week full-time requirement to be full, you know, 36 is whatever is is full time. Now they're going to stack another 12 to 14 hour shift on top of that. First of all, they don't understand the dynamics that that puts on our family and that you bring into our household when you're having to work mandatory overtime. It's hell. Not going to lie. You're a beast. This is, yeah. I I mean, seriously, I've already started to feel it. And that's what I said the last five hours because you get into GSD mode. I'm not okay with it. I would like to have a meeting with your boss. Well, Hanthmeyer has a meeting with his boss because I believe it's, uh, you know, it's funny. He texted me last night late, rarely texted me that late. It was about 1130 at night. Which is a complete disrespect for your time. Oh, anyways. And then it said, basically said, hey, uh, did you see the schedule? You're on the schedule to work on Sunday. And I'm like, yep, I saw it. Yeah. And like they put you on mandatory overtime with very little notice. And they put you on mandatory overtime on Easter we already had plans for Easter with our family. Like they just randomly, okay, after a year of not having mandatory, a year and a half of not having mandatory overtime, now we're going to throw it out and now you have to work it and you can't request it off. Yeah. F that. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate your uh, support. Uh, don't yes. be, don't be 
talking down to me. I'm, I'm, a part I'm of not. This, I'm a part of this crew too. I know you are, babe. Thank you so much for your feelings. You're very validated. All are they validated? Yes. Are they? they? Yes, they are. Are they? Yes, they are. Because who's the one that's going to end up putting more work into the house and to childcare? Uh, it's me. Probably you. Yeah. Have y'all seen the statistics on the impact that COVID has had on working moms and how many are having to leave work because of having to carry the primary amount of the domestic roles? It's almost at a million women now. Hey, a listen, million. I didn't volunteer for this. Yeah. I know you didn't, but that's it's like the patriarchy. Crush the patriarchy. They just assume that because you're a man that you could just randomly work mandatory overtime. Well, Your I, kids I, need you. I know. And I used to. I need ma- you. I thank you. My sanity needs you. <laughs> yes. For many years, I did work the overtime. You know this. That's when you were single. No, but when we first got together, I was always working on and Sundays and I stuff. I hated it. I, well. I never saw you. I'm going to cry. I'm so sorry, baby. But listen, good news is, is that I think that if I work this weekend overtime, that I'm off the hook for next weekend. That's not true. I hope. No, I it's think. not true. They're I putting think. you on weekly overtime, Chris. We're I never going to see so. you again. No, it's only if I sign up. I'm not going to sign up. I was originally going to sign up for more you overtime. You didn't sign up for this week. No, I didn't. But I think the way the way it's going to work is this, is that they're going to do it based on like a senior, like a rotation. So since I got picked to be the extra guy this Sunday, then I'm off the hook for next weekend. Then the next guy gets picked. That's the way I think it's going to work out. I don't think that's true. We'll find out. You well, know. I think that you need to have a conversation with your boss instead of just letting it roll. I think, you know, as the man of our household, not that that means anything now because we don't believe in typical gender roles. You know, we're equally wearing the hey, pants. Hey, hey baby. I, hey, ladies out there, you're all equal in my eyes. Yes. But I think that you have a right to sit down with your boss and have a conversation around the implications of mandatory overtime on the domestic roles in the household because we run our house a little bit differently where we share the domestic responsibilities. And, you know, we've talked before about the fact that by having two incomes, I know we're in a different place. We don't have to have you working the extra shift. So I think that you can sit down with boss man and just say, look, bucko, (laughs) if I don't have to work mandatory overtime, I don't want to. My family time is more important. Family time is so important. It's really angry. Oh, I'm so sorry, baby. But hey, you know what? Um, I'm going to say is that I think also there's a guy on vacation this week. So that's why he's out. That's why I'm working. He sucks. I know, huh? But hey, don't go, hey, look at the bright side. I go on there vacation. There is no bright side. Stop putting a silver lining. On I it. go on vacation next month, right? Yeah. Which is another thing. I'm just having a I'm having a rough night, everybody. I'm sorry, baby. Because I was supposed to graduate on May 14th, and you took a whole week off so you could come to my graduation. Whew, I am gonna cry. Oh, babe. And I'm still gonna get to graduate, but now it's gonna be on a different day. We don't even know the day, so I don't even know if you're gonna be able to come. Wait a second. The week the vacation I picked is no good? Right. That's what I said, because now graduation sometime between May 14th and May 25th. So you're gonna have this whole week off, and who even knows? And I'm just right. I hate this. Oh, babe. I hate COVID. Oh, does who does like COVID? I think the only people who like COVID is probably the guys administering the test because they get paid for that. No, uh, they all hate it. Oh, do they? Oh. Well, I figured the guys who make the test and the guys that make the uh, vaccines, they probably love COVID. It's like their moneymaker. I just hate this. My oh. only silver lining is I'm getting my puppy. Oh, yes. Little little woofers. Yes. What's his or her name going to be? You know? I don't know. I was thinking of Bailey. I was just thinking of that tonight. I like Maggie if it's a girl. Okay, so here's my ideas. Because I like long names for puppies, but I call them short names. So I love the name Honeysuckle. 
It's oh. like a little flower, but calling it honey. It's short, be hun, hun, honey, or honey. Yeah. And then I was thinking magnolia, and then calling it Maggie. Oh, yeah, because like Maggie is cute. Oh, you know, be cute though. Magnolia to have like a little magnolia flower yes, on the tags, I like know. embroidered into it. Oh, that would be adorable. And then have all, like all kind of magnolia. Or a collar, maybe like a, like a collar for the dog with little like if you, I don't know if they have it or not, but a little magnolia flower yes, collar around it the would dog. Would be so cute with little bells when you hear anything hopping around. Like yeah, ding, 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 ding. but we could call it Maggie. I've thought of other names like Betsy, and I don't like that necessarily for a dog. I do like Bailey. I like Bailey and I like Dr. Bailey from Grey's Anatomy. And so I thought that would be a good one. Uh, and then if we ended up getting a boy for whatever reason, even though I really wanted a girl puppy, then I want to name it Scout. Scout, huh? Yes. That's kind of cute. I think it's so cute. Yeah, it is kind of cute. But I, I, I have all kinds of little names that I like to call puppies. Like, oh, Scamper. Hey, little Scamper. Scamper. <laughs> yeah. Well, Scamper was the name of a cartoon that used to be on public television. Uh, we called it PBS. When Zeke was growing up and it was just this cute little dog and it was called Scamper. He used to watch it all the time. Fantastic. Yeah. So silver lining is the littles and I, well, all three of the boys and I leave on Tuesday afternoon for the big land of Seattle. You guys are going on aeroplane. I know. We booked some of the, well, I booked the hotel last night and then I, and I got a sweet deal on it by waiting for an extra few days. And then we booked our tickets for the Space Needle. And um, there's this like, they call it Defy. It's like a indoor, kind of like a trampoline park, but it has like trapeze and stuff like that. And it's actually open right now. And so we reserved our spot for that for one of the days because Mason said he wants to go jump on a really high trampoline when he's in Seattle. I don't know why, but he does. So we're doing it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, the kids are going to have a blast doing that. They're so excited to go up there and check it out because they never... Because Jacob and Mason, the little kids, they've never flown on an airplane. Ezekiel has flown about, what, he's got about 1,000 flights logged right now? <laughs> well, he fly, he's flown a lot. Let me think. So, I mean, he flies back and forth between the two houses, the two households in Central and Southern California. But he has traveled to... Europe? Well, Miami, because we went on a cruise to the Caribbean. He went to Costa Rica with his dad. He's been to South Africa with his father for his aunt's wedding. Then he and I did Europe. So we were on multiple flights because we went to, we started with a flight to Barcelona and then we flew to Paris and then we ended our trip in Rome. Uh, So like there was all of those flights in between, but also I've flown him a lot domestically. So like we've gone to Vegas, we've gone to Colorado, uh, but I'm really big on travel and I think it's really important for kids to help them have a broader worldview. And I'm really, really excited to get Jacob and Mason started with traveling. I know you're not much of a traveler, but we talked about I that. I kind of am, but then I kind you're, of... You are the moodiest traveler what? I've ever been with. Yes. What do you mean? <laughs> is, it, is the fact that I'm always like, like, I hate being rushed to the airport. I hate being rushed in general you, you, okay you hate being rushed to the airport you hate going through security you hate waiting for the plane because i always go through security i always like something wrong always happens i know like, because you always watch those shows what's it called the uh, locked up abroad oh my god where they used to like smuggle drugs in the suitcase or the guy would go through the security with like his uh i saw this one episode this guy had like all this cocaine these pouches like duct taped to his body and he's like walking through security and he's all super nervous he was so nervous he almost went to the bathroom to try to take it off oh my god but he couldn't get the duct tape off it was taped on so <laughs> strong around his body so they's like oh i guess i'll have to go through it 
So he's going into Miami, some of those, some place down south, maybe uh, Columbia or someplace. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. So Does he think they don't have customs or drug well, drug sniffing no. dogs? Well, he was going through the airport and he was just about to get on his airplane. He got through the TSA thing or whatever it was. He gets through all that and he gets about just almost to the gate, right where the guy gets in, and either the guy like he dropped something or something happened, but somebody. I forget who, one of the agents accidentally like gave him like the pat on the back, like, hey, oh, have a nice flight, pats him on the back, and he felt like the, <laughs> the lump of all the drug, all the stuff attached to his body. And he's like, what is that? Come with me. And then they lifted his shirt up, and then sure enough, he had all the drugs and dope and everything. And he had to do, I forget how many years he ended up doing down there, but yeah. Okay, but that's only if you're planning on doing that kind of stuff. Like you, but you are very moody when we travel and. It's funny because after we get back, you'll be like, oh, my gosh, that was the best trip ever. But while we're on the trip, you're like, oh, I hate that I didn't bring XYZ shoes or I only brought jeans instead of shorts. And it's so hot. I'm dying. I'm miserable. La, 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 that la. was only one time. It was, <laughs> it was in Zion. And we didn't know in Utah, the weather was supposed to be like snowing and stuff. No, it was supposed to be 70s. But we didn't know oh. that it like 70s inside of the canyon means it's more like 80s. But anyways, the point being. The littles need to get out and travel as young kids and get used to flying because once you get used to it and you're accustomed to it, it's something that I think you desire to do more. The earlier you're introduced to traveling and the excitement of it, the more that it really helps you to see different cultures and different perspectives. And I know that we're traveling just in Seattle, but there's a whole different vibe in Seattle. I mean, when we go back to like the music scene in Seattle, think about it, like the great bands that came out of like grunge rock and oh, all of that kind favorite. of stuff. The, those, that era was my total, that was my jam. That, right. was, that was it. And they're so excited to go see that. And I am too, because I've never been to Seattle. And so, you know, just trying to do, make this little trip to get our, our new little baby into something fun for all of our boys to, you know, change their world. I mean, can you remember the first time you flew on an airplane? Yes, I do. It was actually fly back east to see my uh, mother, my my aunt, aunt and, and uncle. My and mom, how old were you? Oh, I don't remember. Probably, I don't know, maybe five. Oh, yeah, you were little. Yeah, maybe five. And I was so excited. Did they have planes then? Oh, yeah, they were propeller planes, you know. <laughs> Are you sure? There wasn't like somebody cranking it? <laughs> they did. It wasn't like a hang glider with somebody flapping it way it, back in the old days? It, yeah, it was. We actually got a running start. We had to push our legs. <laughs> <laughs> go off a hill. It was like the Flintstones. <laughs> it was totally like that. No, um, no, we flew, and I remember we had a lot of layovers. You know, I remember that. It was like, was like, why are we always stopping so many times to get across country? I'm like, how many stops do you have to make? It was like we had like eight layover layovers, I think, uh, from here to, uh, over to the East Coast. No, it felt like it did. Well, it felt like my first time flying when you go East Coast. It's kind of crazy because. The way the time zones go, you may leave early in the morning here, but you land over there. It's like evening time. Right. And you're like, what? Well, took all day to get here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I remember the first time that I took Zeke flying, he was asking me, mom, are we going to outer space? <laughs> and Like the first time he remembered, because the first time he flew, he was actually like 18 months old. But like the first time he had a memory of flying, he was asking if we were going into outer space and... You know, that's one of the things that I've thought about would be really cool is being able to go into outer space, but our planes don't go into outer space. Well, not yet. We're working on it. Right. But we have a fantastic guest on the show this week who is going to tell us lots of amazing things about space, and he is actually a rocket scientist, and we're going to have him on the show 
right after this. Hey there, K2 crew. We love having you as our loyal listeners. To keep up to date with what's happening behind the scenes, check us out on social media. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget to follow our Facebook page. Yeah, tag us in your favorite fun stories. And guess what? You might just end up on the show. You know the one thing that will really crush a first date? And that's probably bad skin. But don't you worry. Today's episode here is presented by The Skin Store. For over 20 years, The Skin Store has been the number one destination for premium skincare, hair care, and beauty products with over 8,000 different products from 300 different brands. The Skin Store has you covered for all your hair, cosmetics, supplements, and of course, skincare needs. Find your favorite brands like Elta MD, New Face, Olaplex, and all in one place with gifts with every purchase. Well, check that out. Right now, the Skin Store is offering our listeners 20% off your next purchase. What? 20% off? I can use 20% off? By using the code POD, that's code POD. P-O-D for 20% off your next purchase at theskinstore.com slash pod.list. Skin Store, have the confidence to tackle the day ahead. Some exclusions may apply. And welcome back, everybody, to the show. We have a very special VIP guest. I've had the pleasure of talking with this guy a few weeks ago on the other podcast, Podtastic Audio, and now he joins us here on the Chris and Christine Show. Please welcome... SP, a.k.a. Stargate Pioneer. Such an honor to be on the show here. I can't wait to talk with you guys. This is just going to be a lot of fun. I enjoy listening to the show. It's very entertaining, very just easy listening. And I just can't believe that you guys asked me to be on the show. Oh, that's so sweet. Now, you say you're a listener to our show. My question for you is... May I call you SP or do I call you Star Rockstar? What what can I call you for short? Oh, please call me SP. SP. All right. Do you have a favorite when it comes to the Chris and Christine show? I think it's pretty obvious. I think the fandom has spoken on this. The favorite between Chris and Christine is obviously Christine. Oh, no. What? Don't cry, Chris. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I mean... You know. I was so disappointed not to be able to talk to Christine before on your other podcast that I'm just ecstatic that I get to talk to her now. This is awesome. This is, the you know, the new Oprah is Christine. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think her head exploded. Wow. That was that was big. Well, in honor of you today, Chris is sitting across from me wearing his NASA shirt. So yes, he's put, fanboying put- over here. Which na- is it just a general NASA or is it a one of the particular NASA satellite organizations? Uh, no, I think it's the one you can buy at Target. There's NASA on it. <laughs> I see. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys live kind of close to JPL, so I had to ask. Yeah, we do. It's not, I mean, it's up in Pasadena area. I've always wanted to go there. I One of my friends went from work with, she runs the expanded learning programs and took some students. And I thought that would be so cool to go to the jet, it's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Is that what it's called? That's right. See, awesome. that's why you're the favorite. Oh, oh man. man. He's wiping a tear right now. <laughs> well, I love the movie The Martian. I'm like halfway there, I think. What's the, which movie? You just watched it with us, remember? With the, Oh, that- wait a minute. Christine doesn't know what The Martian is? No, remind me. He makes me watch. Okay. Oh, I'm going to not oh, become oh. your favorite. Yeah. No, it's, is that the one with Matt Damon? Yes. Or Sandra yeah. Bullock? No, Matt Damon. Okay. 
he he has me watch all the he's introducing me to this new era of movies because I'm like a rom-com kind of girl. And every time he tries to put on the like sciencey space ones, I'm like, <laughs> I am not gonna enjoy this. And then he turns them on, I'm like glued to the TV. I'm like, I've got to go to the bathroom, but no, I can't go. <laughs> Right. Well, The Martian is a rom-com because there's that romance going on on the ship there with Sebastian Stan. That is very true. Yeah. See, that's what he tries to loop me in. He's like, it's a love story. <laughs> Although recently you tried to do that and he's like, this one has a great storyline. It wasn't a science one, but it was like, oh, Full Metal Jacket where he was trying to convince me it was a comedy. <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> I know. I was like... I was I like Chris, I want to hear this argument. How is Full Metal Jacket well, well, the a comedy? The beginning part where the drill, drill sergeant is like uh, ripping on all the new recruits in the basic training section of the movie, I was cr busting up all his one-liners and all the uh, new guys. I thought it was hilarious. And then... But it you know, quickly turns when um, the character, you know, commits suicide. And then Christine's like, what is this? Turn this off. <laughs> so, That's crazy. Yeah. I saw some meme recently where the guy that played the crazy guy, he was also in like, um, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead or something like that the same year. And he was like, like this hippy dippy guy. And they were just talking about what a great actor he is that he can play both roles. But I won and we shut off the TV after the bathroom gun in the mouth scene. I was not good for that. So right. SP, we always ask this of all of our guests that come through, but where in the world are you coming to us from? Well, I'm actually on the world, so you're at least in the right planet there. Oh, With me, you just never know. It's going to be the moon, Mars, whatever. But no, I'm coming to you from a suburb of Dayton, Ohio. Oh, I've never been to Ohio. What is it like out there? Ohio's a great place to be from. Okay. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Fill in the blank. It, it's kind of the Midwest, and unfortunately, well, it's close to a lot of stuff. I'm within driving range of Chicago. I can go to the East Coast pretty Quickly, uh, air travel is pretty readily available here to get anywhere I want to go. But that's could be said about most anywhere, unless you're really out in the boonies out in the West where it takes you hours to get to an airport. But there isn't a lot here. It's a good place to raise a family. It was a great place for me to have the kids and grow up with the kids here. But it's I'm, I'm starting to feel it's time to get out of here. It's time to go somewhere else. I'm from Minnesota. I would like to get back to Minnesota, but there's also other opportunities like SpaceX is expanding in the Brownsville, Texas area right now. You, we have diff just different opportunities. I was looking at a job in Maui just this week. Ooh. So yeah, it, there's some possibilities out there. So wait, SpaceX, that's like, a big company that well okay tell me what spacex is i don't want to sound dumb which happens frequently no do you know you do not sound dumb you have a hundred what 160 page dissertation out there <laughs> not dumb so well, but, are but spacex i know that they launched um i don't even know ugh, i'm so out of it i'm gonna sound so dumb right now but it's like a rocket right They've launched several different rockets. Are okay. you familiar with Elon Musk, first of all? Yes, Tesla, yeah. right? He, he's our neighbor, isn't he? Isn't no. Elon Musk famous for Tesla? Yes. Yes. Uh, Tesla, he first earned his money through PayPal and then Tesla. And he's got several different companies like the Boring Company. He's big into transportation. And one of the things that he's doing is trying to get the cost per orbit down through the use of reusable rockets. Oh, and one cool. of his big rockets right now is the Falcon 9. The main stage from the Falcon 9 is reusable. It lands on ships after it 
launches so that he can just reuse them and it just brings down the cost quite a bit for launches up into low earth orbit he also has the dragon space capsule that is launched on a falcon rocket that can take astronauts up to the iss they've already had a successful trip up to the iss the international space station and back so that's like his basic services through spacex but what he's doing right now is he's trying to develop this new rocket called starship which will be capable of taking cargo and humans to different places like the moon and mars and he really wants to create this thing called uh martian base alpha i believe or mars base alpha and he's trying to make it a thing and i think he's got the money in order to do it it's like these crazy billionaires that actually have the money to do stuff and he's doing it but he's doing it smartly he's not just completely funding it by himself he's got the services through spacex and launching different things he's also started starlink which is the space-based internet capability so that's pretty big now too what so you have like watch netflix in outer space you can watch netflix from outer space right now i don't know if if you're on the international space station if you could do it through starlink i i think the antennas are focused down instead of core orbital. Okay, so back up just a minute. So you said Elon Musk is creating something called the Starship. Wasn't Starship Enterprise like part of like Star Trek or something? Like is Yeah. It, is it like a self-fulfilling prophecy? Like he saw that growing up and now he wants to actually make that happen? I don't know if it's the, the name itself is 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 really indicative of I, a lot of people associate it with Star Trek, but it's really just a ship that can travel through space. So that's why he's calling it the the starship. I have seen it's like right out of sci-fi. I've seen pictures of like two of these things on the launch pad stacked up right next to each other. It just looks like a fleet ready to go. I've seen the landings of or the landing attempts anyway of some of these early prototypes. The SN8 through the SN is uh, the prototype line for Starship. So SN8 through SN12 have tried to launch up to 10 kilometers and then come back down and land again. They haven't really been successful. SN10 was marginally successful in that it landed, but then it blew up eight minutes later. And then SN11 that they just tried this past week, it blew up before it landed, we think. I don't know. It was so foggy. Nobody really saw anything. But these things look right out of sci-fi if you watch them turn and burn their rockets so they can come back and land it it, it looks literally like something out of the martian or one of the movies that chris is forcing you to watch right now <laughs> oh they're so good though i love them so hey speak at sp i got a really important question about this whole space travel stuff how realistic is it that we can get a person to Mars and back again. Can we actually make it happen? And if we can, how do we even do it? It is realistic. I have my own thoughts on whether we should do it or how dangerous it really is. So first of all, you have space radiation, right? The trips that we took to the moon in the sixties and seventies with the Apollo program, those were like three day trips a week at best. And the astronauts weren't really subjected to a lot of space radiation. The astronauts that go from here to Mars will most likely have a six-month trip to get there, maybe a six-month trip to get back. So the quickest trip to Mars and back will be a year. More likely, it'll be like two years or two and a half years, because if you go to Mars, you might want to stay there. 
And the problem with being on Mars is it doesn't have the same radiation field to protect you from solar radiation, nor does it have an atmosphere. So you're getting belted by radiation on the surface of Mars. So space radiation is a real thing. Cosmic radiation is a real thing. And human bodies don't really react to that very well. So it's a risk. I'm not saying it can't be done, but it's a risk. And the other issue is just getting there, putting a rocket down on the surface of Mars and then launching again. That's never been done before. Not to say it can't be done. But one of the issues is having fuel on Mars to be able to launch the rocket back up to Martian low Earth or low Martian orbit and then um, have the Holman transfer orbit back to the Earth from there. It's a fuel issue. One of the reasons why Elon is fueling his rockets with the fuel he is, is he thinks he can manufacture it right there on Mars. Whoa. But no way. N- none of this stuff has been done before or proven before. So it is a high risk. That would be like the furthest trek to a gas station ever. <laughs> oh, right. What do you it'd do there? Be, it'd be like driving somewhere, putting a, a drill oil rig into the ground, pumping your own oil up from the ground, refining it, and then putting that refined fuel in the tank of your car and then coming back. Oh, gosh, this is or totally like go- a good or, movie. Or like going to Ohio. <laughs> Ohio is a great place to be from. <laughs> no, this totally sounds like a sci-fi movie that I would actually watch, like all of the science behind it. It's, it's really, I mean, well, we're all, making history as it is. But with all the movies like The Martian, and I think there was one on Netflix with that, uh, what's that girl? Uh, it was called The Way. Um I watched some of it, but I tuned out. It was about them going to Mars, too, I believe, and um, figuring all that stuff out. And, and it's just very interesting how they do it. But the whole radiation thing is what really kind of gets me. Is like, if you can't get the, past the radiation, you got to go anywhere. Yeah, when I I believe it was the Hillary Swank. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah. Serious that you were watching. One of the ways to protect against radiation is put heavy water in the exterior of the ship to act as a protectant against the space radiation. And they did that for that show. And uh, they ended up having to drill into the water in order to use it because they ran out of water along the way. Their water maker wasn't working and that sort of thing. I did watch the oh. series. I would not recommend it. So I'm just not going to say Re- what it is. Really? You, would, you, would not, you know, my, I told my dad about it. He started watching it. But then he realized it was more like a it, it, the show seemed to focus more about like the family dynamic than the actual space stuff. It, oh, it, that's the one. Yeah. I watched like half an episode and I was done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was a, a similar show on ABC a long time ago, uh, Defying Gravity, I believe it was called. And it was going to be this epic voyage throughout the solar system where they were going to hit like seven of the planets. And they started off on Mercury and they were going to work their way out from there. And it was a drama based series. It was like Grey's Anatomy in space. Oh, I would watch that. I'm yeah. hooked on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Well, so I told you that I don't think I've met a rocket scientist before, but I will say this. My grandfather, who is still living, uh, he was an engineer with Rocketdyne when they were working on the space shuttles way back in the day, um, like before Challenger. And so I do know, like I have some really amazing photos that he's given to my son because my son is named after him, um, Ezekiel. And some beautiful photos of, um, like, official photos from NASA of the space shuttles that they gave to Rocketdyne Industries. And uh, that's pretty cool memory to have. So do what aspect, and I know you might not be able to say specifically, but what type of work do you do in the rocket science arena? 
Uh, sadly, right now I'm relegated to the financial aspect of things. I'm looking at project management and uh, how much money that a project would need in order to get through development phase in order to actually operate and then what is the cost of a mission or something like that. So that's what, what I'm doing right now, but I have even worked on space telescopes before I talk about it a little bit on the gunnageek.com show, which I do every Monday and I do a space segment on there. Usually it's space news, but every once in a while I'll do a broader segment on space stuff. And one of the segments I talked about it, it's called heady it was a high energy space telescope that was done in collaboration with MIT. And it was, it was a pretty cool project. And that was the first thing I did. I've also done uh, experimental rockets in my past. So I've got a lot of space systems. The really unique part about being a rocket scientist, if you hear that term is rockets have a variety of different systems on board. It's like an aircraft that goes up into space or maybe even a cruise ship would be better to uh, and better analogy that goes into space. So you have everything from plumbing and electrical to the central computer to s generating solar power to space navigation to actual the rockets and how much thrust that you're going to get out of it and the propulsion, the chemistry behind the propulsion and the structural engineering of the craft or the satellite that you're doing. So this is just a lot of you get to be a jack of all trades basically. And, and I would hesitate to see master of none because you really got to know your stuff when you're talking about a spacecraft. That is amazing. So do you ever think that possibly, I mean, I know you're in the field that maybe just saying maybe that the uh, warp speed propulsion will be available soon. Something? Now that's interesting to note because star Trek was based on real science. So the warp theory is possible. We just haven't done it yet. Well, of course. So is time travel, I heard, too. I was just going <laughs> to ask about that. I was watching an episode. It was a, a past episode of Grey's Anatomy. I was just catching up after being out of the loop for several years. And they were talking about time travel and traveling forward. And there was one guest or one um, character on the show. Of course, she died. But uh, she was talking about like time travel and things like that. And I always thought, is that actually something that could happen? Well, has Chris had you watched The Time Traveler's Wife yet? I've watched that on my own. It's a rom-com. Yeah, exactly. But is it real? Of course it's real. It's a movie, right? Everything <laughs> in movies is real. Well, in, in some worlds, yes. Sometimes I wonder, do they put things in movies just to help us get used to the idea of something that's already actually really happening? Yeah, well, you're in education, right? So there's, yep. what, uh, seven total stories that you can tell? Yeah. And it's just variations on that. So, yeah, absolutely. They just use it as a medium for promotion. That's awesome. Well, thank you for educating me a little bit. I, I feel a little bit less like I'm out of the loop. And maybe, Chris, I'll watch a few more sci-fi movies well, thank with you. you. Just thank don't you. don't hey, show me so some metal jacket. I, I won't. So, but, <laughs> hey, but SP, is there any good sci-fi movies that you would recommend to Christine to watch? The Martian. Well, we've seen that. Um, but I could watch it okay. again. I love it. I think it's great. I've seen it like 10 times. Mm -hmm, that's a good one. Oh, wow. There's a, a bunch of stuff out there. Now, the, 2001, it can be very boring because it was the precipice of being able to do special effects in a movie. And if you are into critiquing movies, 2001 is pretty good. And 2010 is a little bit better. Uh, gets into the story a little bit more, but it is like cheesy's 80 
sci-fi mm-hmm. at, because just the way it was done and everything it was it was a lot like aliens in the earth or sea love that movie yeah yeah game over man game over oh r.i.p <laughs> r.i.p yeah. bill Pax- <laughs> bill paxton yeah uh yeah so i mean there's just a ton and in order to to recommend it i would just have to know a little bit more about what you like inside so what are some sci-fi movies that you've enjoyed so far uh, okay, so here's something to know about me. Chris knows this. When it comes to movies, I always forget the titles. I just can tell you storylines. And so I liked the one where um, I, I can't even remember what it's called, where they had like the little pods that they went to and the guy like ran away in the pod at the very what? end. <laughs> and then he was like what? in this alternate universe. What? See, this is why I don't. <laughs> A pod at the end. Never mind. You know what? I like movies that have some type of like was it interstellar yes see (laughs) oh interstellar yeah that that's uh i have some issues with interstellar but it was still a good watch have you watched the the tom cruise uh movie what it was the the time loop tom cruise movie Oh, the one with the aliens? He's fighting the aliens and he goes he gets killed and he comes back to life. I have no see I I don't like aliens Well, I like I like oh Avatar. I watched for the first time just ooh, last year. Yeah. Oh, you, so Avatar. Yeah, I could see why you would like Avatar. Uh, sadly, no more have been made. They're supposed to be made. Disney bought I, the rights to it. Edge of Tomorrow, by the way, is the name of that yes. movie, and it is a love story. Chris, is it Avatar yeah. is called Edge of Tomorrow? No, 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 no. no. The, oh, the, the Tom movie, Cruise one. Yeah, but it has aliens. And yeah, the, well, they're not nice aliens because I like no. the Avatar. It's like a one. war movie. It's like a war okay. kind of movie. I like Transformers. Is that a sci-fi movie? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen Serenity? Which one is that one? Tell me the storyline. Okay, so it's just it's kind of a cowboy space western. Nope. I <laughs> it, it was based. On, it was based on Firefly, the TV show Firefly. So. It's only uh, 14 or 17 episodes. I forget how many episodes it is, but that would be a good watch to watch the TV series. It was canceled <laughs> prematurely by Fox, and then they were able to make a final movie on it called Serenity. So that I honestly, I think you would really enjoy that based on your like for like Avatar and stuff like that. There's okay. a lot of similar um, storylines in there. So, yeah. And have you watched Star Wars? Uh, yeah, most of them. I think I've missed one or two, but that was something that my son loves to watch. And so I've done that. And actually, I do have to say, uh, to come clean, that growing up, my dad was a huge Star Trek and Star Trek The Next Gen- Generation fan. And so every evening we had to watch that because, of course, there weren't DVRs when I was growing up. So I have seen every single one of those episodes. Well, if you have access to, I guess it's called P- Paramount Plus right now. The Picard series might be, since I'm assuming you've seen all of The Next Generation, Mm -hmm. I think Picard might be good for you to watch, too. Is it good? Is is it a really good show, the Picard one? Surprisingly, yes. I think they're in the process of making season two right now. I mean, it is not the Star Trek that you remember. It's like the Star Trek that's modernized with the characters that you remember. So it's they they did a pretty decent job of that. So I would say that my favorite type of spacey movies or I would say even like wilderness types of movies have a storyline of survival and not survival against like evil people being out to kill you, but like trying to figure out how to establish yourself and build a new life. So like any of the ones where they like 
crash land and find themselves stranded on some foreign planet and then discover a secret garden and waterfalls and, you know, those types of things. And that there might be like a love story or like some type of like parenting and raising a child. Anything like that, I like. But if it gets way too intellectual, when I watch movies, because my brain is firing on all cylinders all day long, I like to lose myself in the story and not have to think as much. And maybe that's a bit shallow, but you know, and maybe it's a lot to ask for from a sci-fi movie, but that's kind of what I like. Have you seen Wally? I love it. No. Yes. Yeah, you've seen a lot Wally. No, Did I haven't. Pixar Wally? No, I've never seen it. Oh, we have it. I it's saw a, well, like Disney Plus has it. I saw like 15 seconds of it. Mm. But it's you. like about a robot surviving, right? Not about a human. Well, there is humans in it's the a love movie. story. Yeah. It's a, a love story. It is. With a little yeah. robot? Yes. Eva, Eva and Wally. Eva. Yeah. Eva. <laughs> well, you'll have to think on this and maybe you can shoot me over some recommendations and I promise to watch them. Okay, as one long last as the list one. isn't too long. Yeah, one last one, Lost in Space on Netflix if you haven't seen that. That's literally what you just described to me. Wait, is that is that the one I was talking about? Not the Hillary Swink one? Was that the family where they get lost and then their ship like starts sinking into the thing? Yes. Yep. That's like the first episode. I, I think, watched or, half the first episode. Or whatever it was. Yeah. I could watch that. Yeah. It was all right. It gets better. Yeah. Oh. And then did you watch Friends? Friends? Like yeah, the, the, TV the, show. the TV show Friends. Yes, of course. Okay. So there was a movie called Lost in Space with Joey in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it did very well. I don't think. I like no, it though. I watched it. It didn't. But yeah, I think she would like that. That's fun. Well, thanks for digressing onto a little movie recommendations for me. But we would love to learn more about you separate from your work. So tell us a little bit more about you in your personal life. Do you have a family? You mentioned kiddos. What's up? Yeah, I do have three kids. I have uh, a older daughter. She'll be 27 later on this year. I have a son who will be 25 and I have a daughter who is in college and she is, she'll be 19 this year. And she's the one that is going to have the puppy. And, uh, oh. I didn't finish the story there. So she's in college right now. She lives in an apartment. Uh, she is going to be changing apartments from a couple of roommates to living alone and that's why she wanted the dog because she did not want to be alone and Aww. she wanted the, the dog and she does live a couple hours away. But during the summer, she's actually going to come home and live with me. Aww. And that means that I'm going to have a puppy for a couple of months. Yay, me. Yay. Do you have any other dogs right now? No. No. He said he didn't. Okay. So, okay. Oh, it's going to be okay. Fun. Fun now, time. did you mention that you are going to get one of the... I was going to say therapy dogs, but the like assistance CCI. dogs, yeah, to train over the next year, or is that no. just something you've done in the past? Yeah, that is something I've done in the past, and I honestly have not been able to get over the loss of my last dog. So it's just Aww. going through that process. Maybe having this puppy in here will try to, uh, you know, kick Spark me in the butt. Joy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe again because those final months were really tough, really yeah. tough for me. Oh, sorry to hear and, that, man. Yeah, I grew up on a family that had a family farm, and I didn't really realize it at the time, but I probably get my affinity towards these animals from my grandfather, who we milked cows and had 120 head of cows, which is a lot for a family farm. 
And it just never dawned on me that he became so attached to some of these cows that when he had to send them off to the slaughterhouse or whatever, he'd be miserable for a couple of weeks. And I just, I, I just honestly, I, I didn't get it at the time, but uh, now I, I definitely do. And and he had to do that almost on a daily basis. And here I am just like, boo, boo, hoo with just one dog. You know, that, now I heard too, to help you guys get through that, it was to not name the cows that help. Yes, they all had numbers. <laughs> they did not have names. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. If you start naming them, that, that's what I heard. Then it becomes really hard to, uh, you know, send them off that way. It's got to be rough. So, hey, SP, so it says here in my little notes, it says that your eldest daughter is getting married in October. Well, congratulations. Yes, she is getting married in October. She's been dating this guy for eight years. So, wow. uh, quote, years. it's about time, unquote, oh, sort wow. of thing. There was a ultimatum given, and they went to go visit his parents over Christmas, uh, who live in Arizona. They went to the Grand Canyon, and this is, this is during COVID time, so I'm kind of impressed that they were able to pull this off. So they went to the Grand Canyon, and he proposed to her in the Grand Aww, Canyon. That's so sweet. Did they go to the very bottom of the Grand Canyon? Well, they, they did one of the rim trails, so it was only a ta- oh, yeah. day trip. They just drove to the side and took one of the rim trails down. They, they were in the Grand Canyon for about six hours from what I heard. But Wow. Yeah. Okay. They, now, you said, though, that there was an ultimatum. How do you feel about that, that she had to give an ultimatum? Yeah, that's an interesting thing. So she basically said, look, I want a family and I want kids. And if this is something that you don't want, then we need to part ways. But if this is something that you do want, then we need to progress in the relationship. And she was going to wait until after the holidays, see how the holidays progressed. And then they were going to make a decision like in January, February, in her mind anyway. And what she didn't know is that he had planned to propose for a couple of months and he was waiting for that time. So yes, there was... He made the plans to propose after the ultimatum was given, but uh, they did have some time to to think about it. So we'll see what their relationship is like. They are very much meant to be together. They get along great and they are interested in roughly the same things and they're happy with each other. And I think she's just like, hey, look, we need to go for it. He's just one of those guys that initiative is something that he's going to have to learn. Christine's looking at me, kind of give me the uh, evil eye over here. Why are you looking at me like that for, babe? Um, because I remember, I wouldn't say it was an ultimatum necessarily, but I did have the define the relationship talk. Chris really struggled to even call me his girlfriend in the very beginning. And I was like, so what are we? And he says to me, well, I really don't like to put a label on things. <laughs> I was right. like, well, are we exclusive or not? And he's like, well, I don't have time to date anyone else. And I said, that's not what I'm asking. I said, are we exclusive? But what's so funny is Chris proposed to me after like, I don't know, three and a half, four months of being together, maybe five or six months. And then the next morning I was like, we were having coffee and I was like, so did that just happen? And he was like, well, I was just testing it out to see how you would respond if I asked you. So now I know you'll say yes. So I can you know, propose for real next time. Like, I can practice run, you know, like take, yeah. take one. Yeah. Well, it's good to actually talk about these things before you do it. I mean, a lot of people like, oh, let's wait for that special moment, which makes a dramatic moment in a lot of rom-coms, but one way or the other, right? But right. I, I think it's important to talk about in a relationship, to talk about your future and say, hey, look, you know, where are we going? And are we thinking about, is this going to last into marriage? And do you believe in marriage? Or do you not believe in marriage? A lot of people that have been married before don't believe in getting married again for various different reasons. and I 
have to say, knowing a lot of those situations, I respect the people that are like that. But on the other hand, I'm like, well, you are putting some limits on the relationship when that happens. That is true. That is true. And I'm looking at you again, Chris, because he would say at the beginning, he was like, um, I don't know if I ever do want to get married again, but maybe I do. I don't well, we really know. We both got messy divorces. Yeah, you know, but I stuck so. with you. And well, look at where we are now. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, as SP, I was going to say, speaking of the uh, crazy proposals, hey, have you ever seen the ones where the guy will propose on the Jumbotron and then the chick just like rejects him? <laughs> yeah, I, I see way too many of those. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in that particular case, what are you going to do? Say no. I mean, you're going to say yes. And then afterwards, you're going to slap him and say no. I mean, yeah. that's, that's how it's going to go, because. If you say no on the Jumbotron, you're embarrassing yourself. But Oh, yeah, totally. I, yeah. But it's funny, it's funny to watch, though, either way. <laughs> <laughs> That's so twisted, Chris. But so your daughter got engaged and that was just recently over the holidays or a year ago? No, no, that was just here in, uh, I think it was December 2020, so just a, f- a couple of months ago. And then they rapidly went into wedding planning mode. Oh, yeah. And that, I, I know you guys have just been through it, but just to let you know what we had to deal with is that everybody that had their weddings canceled in 2020 had slipped their bookings into 2021. Right. So oh. it was impossible to find even a location anywhere in town to actually get married. She found like the last venue, the last date available at the last venue. And it's been an interesting thing. And then when I discovered what the issue was, and then when they told me about the venue, we immediately went to go look at it. And I said, okay, yes, this will do. Matter of fact, this will be great. We'll make it work. Let's do it. And it's a local farm. Uh, It's a park for a city, but it's a, a farm. It's like an original farm for the area. So there's the original farmhouse and then there's the original barn that they've converted and then uh, outside gazebo. And all this sounds great. Now, the date is October 23rd, which is getting a little bit late into fall. So weather might be a factor. That's a day before Chris's birthday. Well, thank you. <laughs> what a fun celebration. It sounds like it's going to be gorgeous. Now, in Ohio, have you all officially opened up yet or are there any worries about having to potentially plan for COVID precautions at a ceremony. Yeah, there's still group uh, limits, although I believe weddings and funerals are not included in those limits. So I think gatherings of 50 are okay, but weddings are exclusive, uh, excluded on that for some reason. Most venues are still abiding by the six foot social distance issue. So Mm -hmm. like within the barn where we're going to eat afterwards, it's going to be a limited seating available in there because you just can't pack as many people in there, which is okay. It's not, it was never meant to be a huge wedding. We have enough seating for how many guests that we have invited. That's great. Nice. So we had to pivot on our wedding because we were originally going to be in Hawaii and we paid for the package in Hawaii, that whole wedding ceremony thing. And we reserved a, a restaurant to have our, uh, what is it called? The reception done at there. Right. We paid for all that stuff. We had plane tickets booked. We had hotels booked. And the whole, like, during COVID, nobody could travel to Hawaii uh, without, who was it, like a two-week quarantine in right. Hawaii? Right. When, get- yeah, when our wedding was supposed to happen, it was the, they had gone back on, you weren't even allowed to travel without that. Yeah, the two-week on-site Our whole, the whole trip there was five days. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what are you supposed to do with that? Yeah. So, and then, and then of course, we tried getting our money back, and a lot of these vendors were kind of pushing back on that. And we're like, well, we can't get there, so you should owe us the money back. And it was a big kind of 
going back and forth trying to get the money. So this is your first child getting married. What are you excited about? I'm excited about them starting their lives off together. I, Unless there's a medical issue, I anticipate being a grandfather within a year after that. It, it'll, it'll happen pretty fast. So, I mean, they're, they're 20, they'll be 27. I think they're both the same age at that point. So just thinking in terms of my life, we've often told the kids, wait to get married. Don't get married straight out of college. Wait a little bit. It took her Smart a little- Smart man. Yeah, it took her. Well, I divorced. So, I mean, that's <laughs> inherent and in just make sure it's the person. And also you change in your life on what you want between your college years and your late 20s, early 30s. So just make sure that you're with somebody that you can be uh, compatible with long term. And you might not know that when you're like 22 versus later 20s or early 30s. So they're going to be doing that. They're going to be staying here at least until the next summer, summer of 2022, based on their jobs. Then they're going to be moving out to Arizona. So it's an exciting time for them. They're going to be starting their lives off and I'm, I'm all for them and everything. It'll be interesting walking the daughter down the aisle thing. That's something that was told to me. I was told what to wear. I've been, I've been told a lot of things here. <laughs> you, you will do this. You will do that. And it's really interesting because I want it to be their wedding. I don't right. want it to be my wedding. So I'm just trying to be supportive and, okay, what do you want? And how do you want this? I mean, I'll give you an example. So there, there was a cake tasting and the cakes were brought home uh, to me to test <laughs> and she wanted, because it was going to be in the fall, some sort of maple syrup sort of thing. And it yeah. was really strong maple syrup cake and really, really sugary icing with yeah. it. And, and I took one bite of it and I'm like, hmm. And it was slightly dry too, but yeah. I, I was like, and she really wanted it. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I can, I can see that. You want an outdoor wedding farm and everything. I could see this. Um, but it is a little strong. I mean, it's your wedding, so you can have whatever you want. But mm -hmm. uh, this is not the one that I would pick. But it is your wedding. <laughs> yeah, and I could her just, wedding. Yep. Yeah, because just tell the hurt on her face Aww. when when I did that, and I was just trying to be as nice as possible and say, you, you know, because well, as the father of the bride, you're paying the bill too. Yeah. So <laughs> I I'm like, I uh, just uh, okay, you know, whatever you want sort of thing within reason. I mean, there's, uh, we had a budget discussion, which was uh, necessary. Yeah. I, I think the, the 25, 35, $50,000 wedding, I, I think that's for those that can't afford it. I, I, that's just unrealistic. Why start your life off in debt or have right. your parents go in debt for that, that, that wedding that you just can't afford. And, and, you know, special location weddings, destination weddings are great if you can afford it, but if you can't, I mean, just stick with something that you can afford, in my opinion, and and uh, go for it there. I, that said, I would love to get married in Hawaii. Yeah. Well, for us, it was going to work out because we had um, free flights. We had our uh, frequent flyer miles all s stored up and we had a great deal and the package was super inexpensive. So... Um, well, it was like a wedding factory at the, yeah. at the resort. They have it was like, like a $1,500 package. They'll do your ceremony. They'll have a, some musicians there. And then we were just going to do a nice dinner for like 20 of us and to when, sit down. And when we were there on our, uh, a couple years ago, Christine and I were there. We just saw them like every hour there was a new <laughs> yeah. wedding, a new wedding getting turned through there. So it was right. like a wedding mill. Yeah. But 
um, I appreciate what you were saying about it being something that's just not over the top. I feel like our wedding when we had to pivot it was very much more us. We had a like a taco stand here and we did a backyard reception. It was absolutely gorgeous, but it was 100% us. And it was just very intimate. My son, he's 16, decided to be the MC and try and rap during the reception. And it was hilarious. <laughs> but the one thing that I was going to say to you, since this is your first child getting married and is a daughter, a little bit of advice if you're willing to take it. Are you okay with that? I am absolutely full born in ad- accepting advice mode here because I don't want to make this a bad experience for her. Perfect. So here's what I would say is the bond between a daughter and her father is very unique and very special. So what I would say is plan ahead now to have a special card that you write some heartfelt message so that your first time when you go and see her, because you'll typically get to go see her before everybody else, unless they do photos, you can give her a card that just pours out your love for her and the special bond that you've had, um, something unique about your relationship. And that, uh, my dad did that for me years ago. Uh, He has four of us girls, but that's something that I treasured forever because sometimes it's the things that you forget to say. And it's just on that day, it makes it even more special. And then the second thing is, When you're walking her down the aisle, tell her that she gets to dictate the pace because she has the big dress and the heels. And so that's one of the things that my dad said to me is he said, I'll walk at your pace. And so if she wanted to go quickly, you could take her quickly. But if she wants to just like savor it and pause or she needs a breath, that's the second thing. And then the third thing is have a handkerchief for her. And that's it. Oh, Great advice. The card thing, I had been thinking about that, but I had not done any hard uh, movement forward on that. I will definitely yeah. be moving forward on that now. I mean, I know it's still like, what, I don't know, it's six months away right, right you got, now. You got but, time. You got some time. Right. But yeah, I'll need that six months. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, one of the other things that a lot of guys don't know, like the grooms, is that it's customary for the groom to give a gift to the bride on the wedding day. And Wait, so- it was? Well, we talked about that. We decided not to do it, but it might be something that he might not be aware of and to have like a special something that she gets on the wedding day, different from the ring, but that's like delivered to her while she's getting ready. So you might talk with him about that because sometimes guys don't know that that's like a special thing that it's not like written in etiquette books or anything, but it's a really special touch to the day. I will definitely let him know. Perfect. Well, is there any... Are there any questions you have for us with our um, pandemic wedding experts in the house? <laughs> well, you just mentioned you're going to have a taco or you had a taco bar. She, they are going to have a taco bar as well. Yay. How did that go for you guys? Oh, my gosh. It was so good. Right. They uh, actually set up a little um, one of those like makeshift. I guess what do you call them? Prop ups tents. It was a like a canopy they had over it with their well, own lighting. And we had lighting and stuff. We actually rented lighting. We rented those. Heat- it was in uh, November. It's a little cold. So right. We, we rented those heat lamps. Wait a minute. What is cold in San Diego? <laughs> oh, it, don't was, it, was, know. it was a bur- it was a it was a freezing 50 degrees. No, it was like 60. <laughs> but uh, they had their grills out there, and so they made the corn tortillas fresh for us. But we also negotiated a cocktail hour, so they provided appetizers where it was like chips. Well, didn't we have a second uh, group do the co- the bar stuff too? Well, that was separate. So okay. we had an app- a cocktail hour, but during that, 
They provided appetizers, which were rolled tacos, chips, salsa, guacamole, um, some quesadillas and things like that that we had, um, of course, because it was COVID times, like individual little oh, yeah, um, yeah. tongs for everybody and stuff like that. But the tacos were great. I had family that came in from the Midwest and everybody loved it. They could get seconds and thirds and it was um, two different types of meats. There were the corn tortillas. They had grilled veggies, cactus salad, rice and beans. And everybody's like, this is the best wedding food I've ever had. And it was so inexpensive. It was like maybe eight or nine dollars a person. Yeah, that is inexpensive because uh, if you go to the uh, desired caterers for oh, the location, gosh. it's it was the minimum, I think, was $12 a plate. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And then, of course, so, you get the bar. Are you guys planning on doing an open bar or what's up with that? Yeah, it is going to be open bar. Uh, we did get a bartender. Uh, there's going to be a lot of beer and, well, it's whatever we bring in. So beer, wine, uh, champagne, and then he's a bourbon fan. So I'm going to be buying bourbon and I'm a scotch fan. So I'm going to make sure there's scotch there. (laughs) Decent, good scotch. Maybe not the most expensive scotch, but I'm going to make sure there's enough bottles there. Then uh, we can split the bottles afterwards because I'm assuming that there won't be uh, people won't go hog wild. And we only have so much time. It's not like we have the uh, place until two or three in the morning right one thing we did we added a nice little feature for our wedding which i thought was fantastic because i thought of it because i'm brilliant um we added (laughs) we added a valet service right in front of the house so it was pretty inexpensive we found them on the app thumbtack i don't know if you're familiar with it but it's all around the country and um if your place doesn't have it it made it super easy for guests to pull up um, it was just a couple hundred dollars, and the guys were super professional. There was like three of them, right? Yeah, and so they had a full on booth, and they had like yeah. a whole, they had like cones, and they had like the little lighting, um, like lights on the cones or something, and they had it all set up and everything. So the guys would come in, and our house doesn't have a ton of parking, so they can come in, drop the car off, and then go park it down the street somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I've got visions of Father of the Bride in my head right yeah. now. <laughs> it was kind of like that, yes. <laughs> Now that I think about it, it kind of was with the backyard reception and everything. But um, we did hire the bartender and then we bought our alcohol in bulk between a store called BevMo. I don't know if you have it out there. And then Costco, which is I don't know if you have Costco or Sam's Club, but like our champagne, we went and got it in bulk in our we picked like a white and a red wine all from Costco. And just what happened after was we had leftover alcohol at Christmas time and we made little cocktail gift baskets for families <gasps> with like here's how you could like to make your own cosmo because that was one of our signature drinks and so we put everything in there together for like your own margarita basket and people loved that and we just said it's not like their actual christmas gift but here's an extra little fun thing for the holiday that's an excellent idea so now i won't be worried about it and we looked into like the shelf life of all this stuff and we're not planning on buying it for another couple of months, but yeah, right. we do have Costco's and Sam's clubs here and we were planning on utilizing that. Now the hard stuff, I was going to plan to get that at a store that I go to here locally, but the, the beer and the wine we were going to get from Costco and, and, and also, Sam's. I don't know if you know, if you're aware of this SP, but at Costco, if you go into Costco without a membership and you just tell them I'm here to buy alcohol, they legally cannot stop you from buying the alcohol. I did not know that. Yes, it is a law because of prohibition. They cannot have a club. You cannot have a club to sell alcohol. It's something to do with that. 
So um, like the back in the probation days. Yeah. So with the prohibition era, because they'd have like the cover charges to go in to be able to drink or whatever. So you can't. Or the pro- whatever. It's yeah. Called. You yes, have to be allowed yeah, access. So, yeah. So you go in the Costco, stand by the alcohol. They should just give you like a card or wristband or something. I've never done it, but cause I've always had a membership. But that's what I heard you can do if, if you just want to buy alcohol and not get to pay for the membership. So my son, who's a chemist, he's actually working uh, in a organization that is testing vaccines for COVID right now. He just graduated in December and rolled right into that. And uh, he has approached me about creating a steel. And I told him, yeah, I know you want to do that because, you know, chemistry and stuff like that. But uh, it's illegal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I used to brew my own beer. I had the uh, beer kit I got for Christmas one year, and I made a batch of beer. But after making all the hard work of doing it, I'm like, you know what? I can just buy a six-pack. <laughs> right? Yeah, you can make different flavors. I mean, if you're into craft beers, you can make it with a particular flavor or taste that you like that you're just not getting from a brewery or something like that. That's but true. in this particular case, he wanted to do the hard stuff with a steel. And that, to my knowledge, is illegal on a federal basis unless you have – you know, the, the correct permits and permissions to do it. Yeah. We're going to see him on uh, that moonshiners show. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've definitely dominated enough of your time talking about wedding stuff, which has been super fun, but we also want to hear about your podcast. Cause we know you are a man of many talents, not just a rocket scientist and father of the bride, but also you have several different podcasts that you, that you issue on a regular basis. Is that correct? I do. You know, I've done uh, several different podcasts over the years, but right now I'm just active with three of them. I have Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is a podcast on Marvel screen properties. We generally try to stick to the Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff, which included Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That was what we were primarily doing on. But we've been doing that podcast for eight years. And right now we're covering Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney+. Plus. As it releases, we just did WandaVision and we we're stoked for the new movies to start coming back out with Black Widow in July and the MCU continuing on after the whole epic endgame uh, uh, yeah. Avengers movie. Yeah, That's exciting. Yeah, it's been really exciting. It's, I honestly was not a comic book fan growing up, but I really got into the Marvel Cinematic Universe starting with Iron Man in 2008. So uh, eventually with podcasting, started a podcast about it. And it's been rolling now for eight years. We've been really enjoying that. And then I also, as I mentioned before, I talk about space stuff on a weekly basis on the guineageek.com show. It's a tech and entertainment slash space uh, discussion that I have with uh, my two friends, Steven and Chris over there. And we just have a lot of fun there. And then for the past five years, five and a half years now, I've been doing Better Podcasting, which is a podcast about podcasting to help hobby podcasters make their show better. And we've really, I do that with Steven and we really do that. Uh, we really enjoy doing that. And we've gotten a lot of positive feedback on that show from a lot of different people. And uh, we have a discord server where people can come and talk all, all things podcasting and with the other shows as well. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, I listen to your, that show every time you release it. And it's really helped me out quite a bit because, because when we first started this podcast, we literally didn't even know how, which end of a microphone to really use. <laughs> Yeah, welcome to the club. That happens to most of us, (laughs) even rocket scientists. And like uh, audio, I just don't understand audio. You know, in the movies, it comes in so great. You know, you got these space people and helmets and and it sounds just great. And you're like, oh, yeah, the microphone technology exists. No, 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 it doesn't. But 
you know, it's all movie magic. So I'm, I'm good with that. Well, that's awesome. And I love hearing from other podcasters and having them on our show because we share a common passion and common interests. But, you know, I'm still interested to know about why I'm your favorite. (laughs) (laughs) So no, but really, I did want to ask you, do you have any questions for Chris and I I know that you listen to our show? Anything that you would love to know about us behind about the behind the scenes life of Chris and Christine? Well, first of all, I just want to point out that, Christine, you are an excellent interviewer. The questions that you ask are, are well-researched and Aww. you listen to the person that is is uh, talking and you're able to really craft the conversation back and forth. Have you had any training in journalism or broadcast or is this all just based on your education? Uh, I would say that. So, no, I have not had any training in journalism or broadcasting, but. Uh, But I, in my doctoral program, we did have a significant amount of work on interviewing. But in my professional work as an executive leadership coach, I did go through uh, training with the Carnegie Institute out of Stanford, and it's around improvement science. And part of that is building proficiency in empathy interviews. And so you have to really train yourself to engage in active listening, and you have a like semi-structured interview where you have a few questions, but to really dig deep into the understanding, the experience of the individual you're interviewing, you have to listen so intently and like build deeper to get down to whatever the root of the dysfunction is within their system. So I, I just say I'm, I'm like very curious. I just take a natural curiosity towards people. Well, it makes a, a great skill, I guess, for an interviewer. And that's one of the reasons I enjoy listening to your show. And uh, Chris, you know, I've, I've been joking quite a bit. I've been pandering to your lovely wife over there, but I do <laughs> enjoy your part of the show as well. And uh, we've talked uh, extensively about your podcast uh, hardware and, and the stuff that you do behind the scenes and stuff like that. Uh, so I, I just want to throw my hat off to you there. You're doing a great job. It's an excellent production. And if it wasn't an excellent production, I guarantee you, I wouldn't be listening to it because, uh, you know, well, after you've been podcasting for 10 years and editing your own show over that span of 10 years, you become a little bit of an audiophile and you're like, oh, that's, that just doesn't sound right. But a good production, you know what it sounds like and you really enjoy it. So yes, Chris, you have done an excellent job with the show. Oh, thank you so much. That's high praise. (laughs) Okay, wipe a tear. Uh, Okay, okay. Handkerchief, please. Thank you. I do have a question for you, though, Chris. Yeah, what's up? So $15,000 to redo the pipes in your house? I don't know. That's what Christine said. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the contractors that come through here, they quote you something. Somebody quoted us 20 grand to redo the air conditioning yesterday. Get out of here with that, you know? Oh, I went through the whole HVAC thing. That is a story. I don't think I've told that on the podcast before. So I was up at my family's lake home uh, two and a half years ago in Wisconsin, and all of a sudden my uh, my smart home stuff was saying the temperature was going you know outrageously high. I was like, what the heck is going on? So I booked it back over the course of the next day. I shut it down, booked it back. I came home and I found that the external uh, compressor had been just caved in from the top. Whoa. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? And I do have a home surveillance system, but that part of the house had not had a camera on it at the time. So I didn't know exactly what happened. But if I take a look at the footage around 
the other sides of the house that I had, it was pretty obvious to me that the neighborhood kids were around that area playing. And I think what happened was they climbed on top of it and they were jumping off of it. But I have no proof of it. So I didn't I didn't blame any of the kids. I didn't blame any of the neighbors or anything like that. But it made me have to get a new HVAC system because there's just no repairing it. It was destroyed because the fan that moves on the top, what happened is it was still running when the thing was going down. So that radiator around the side just got totally destroyed by the fan blades as it went down there. Oh, man. So I had 12 companies come out, take a look at it, because if it was repairable, I wanted to repair it. I didn't want to drop 15, 20 grand down on it. So they came out and three guys who I respected based off of the resume. And one guy said, I've been doing this for 30 years. I've never seen this. And they, all three of them have said, so was somebody jumping off of this? And I said, honestly, I don't know. But the fact that three separate guys said it from three separate companies told me that that's what happened. So I didn't tell my neighbors what had happened. Uh, They just knew all of a sudden I was getting new air conditioning and I got a new high efficiency heat uh, furnace with that as well. But that cost me about uh, $12,000 to replace all that stuff. It did come with a new smart thermostat hub. It is actually a smart home hub with it and uh, it's been a joy to use that the past two and a half years i just know that i'm going to have to replace the hub so it's like one of those new refrigerators that you get with with the tablet front on it and you just know that within three years that tablet's going to go out because it's just going to be outdated so you're going to have to get a new refrigerator so in this particular case i don't have to get a whole new hvac system i'll just get the new thermostat but it's going to be several hundred dollars it's not going to be the the 100 from home depot or lowe's or something like that so the one that did break, was it a pretty, was it an older unit or was it fairly new? It was construction. So I had the house built in 2003. So it was the original constructor grade stuff that was put into the house. I'm finding that when you buy, when you build a new house and you go with one of these builders that build out an entire neighborhood, all the stuff in your house is cheap and you're going right. to have to replace it over time. And, um, I, I don't have metal pipes. I have PVC pipes, so they should last a little bit longer getting to your predicament, but I've had to do things like, uh, the entire Western wall of my house was leaking last year and I had to have that whole thing replaced on the exterior. I have a foundation foundation crack because of the water issue that I have. I'll, I'll spend a couple of thousand dollars to shore that up now that I've done that the windows all need to be replaced but i'm doing it in stages because it's just too much to do from the entire house so what i've found over the years and i didn't know this when i first got into home ownership about 25 years ago is that you should budget somewhere between three and five percent of your home's value every year for maintenance and improvements that's a lot of money yeah for for these prices out here it is yeah Yeah. (laughs) well okay so we And I know we're going to wrap up in a minute. Chris keeps telling me like we're getting close to time. But I need to ask you, I need you to be our third party here. Chris sent me a link last night. He loves to go on to Zillow. My mom sent it to me and I forwarded (laughs) it to you. Don't don't mess with my delivery here, dude. Sorry. So Chris likes to look on Zillow and find different houses. And so there's this one that he's currently trying to convince me that we need to put an offer in on. Let me tell you the specs on it. Okay. Hold on to your hat on this one. <laughs> Hold your hat. <laughs> it's built in, wait for it, 
1974. Oh, it is? Okay. It's on a 66,000 square foot lot. We're on a 2,400 square foot lot right now. 66,000 square foot lot. It's built onto a hill. We're currently in, how many square feet do we have, Chris? About 1,700. Yeah, 1,700. The houses that he's looking at is 4,370 square feet. That's a big podcast studio. (laughs) It has a three-car garage, a pool, a spa, a patio, a a partridge, and a pear tree. A parlor. (laughs) A parlor, a library, and no solar. And the place where it's situated gets up to 100 degrees during the summer. And, um, you know, if a house out in California was built in 1974, it's guaranteed to have asbestos in the walls. So my question to you is, SP, would you be putting a bid in for this house? (laughs) In this market? I don't know. Uh, The market is absolutely outrageous here. So I'm guessing it would be over what the house might really be valued at right now. But the converse thing is you could probably sell your house for a lot more than you bought it. For. That, we, yeah. that we already know. We, uh, we're probably, I think, if I sold full sold today, I would pocket. We it. would pocket. I'm, I'm sorry. We, I'm sorry <laughs> excuse me. We would pocket about $200,000. Yeah. Okay. So this new house, you said it has a spa. I'm unfamiliar with a spa. Oh, a jacuzzi. Home. Uh oh, jacuzzi. Okay. Jacuzzi tub outside. Like I, a, I was thinking in terms of like a literal spa where you get the facials and oh, stuff. Oh, no, no, like no. Uh, we it call could. them spas out here, but it's a hot tub outside with the pool, okay. like the pool with a hot tub right next to it and has like a whole, it's like a so, whole Spanish vibe and Mediterranean and it's uh-huh. in a ga- gated area overlooking a golf course and it's actually going for $50,000 under its estimated value right now. Oh, uh, what's wrong with it? Then? Exactly. Thank you. Hallelujah. Or, or I'm thinking that <laughs> here's my theory. Here's the big theory I have about house sales around here. I think the houses that are like in the middle range, like the, you know, three bedroom, you know, uh, 1,500, 2,000 square foot, you know, normal houses that most of us would buy, those are selling like crazy because those are like the like the starter entry price for like those are middle of the road houses. But when you start to get into the um, upper, upper price points, those are sitting, I think, a little longer. They're harder to sell because not everybody can buy those, you know? So, okay. Including us. But oh. <laughs> he would like to think we can. Yes. Well, that's one thing you don't want to be is house poor unless you're trying to do a flip. So there's a couple of other considerations. Is it closer to work for either of you two? Nope. <laughs> it's out in the boonies. Are, and is it's the one school- lane either way. Is the school district any better than nope, where you it, are? It would be the same school district. We would just have to drive the kids 20 minutes longer to get to school. Can you launch rockets from the property? Uh, yes, you can, actually. <laughs> There's, it's got, it's like a, it's kinda, no, you, you can't. It's covered by trees. It, it reminds me of those houses you see like in the Hollywood Hills, you know, like on the hillside <laughs> with like the movie stars live. It kind of looks like one of those houses. He wants to, he just wants to have a mansion. <laughs> He's like, this will mean we've arrived. I was like, congratulations, we already have arrived. We don't need the house to prove it. That's true, I guess. I, you know what? Um, judging by what I heard from previous episodes, you might want to consider a little bit less school debt before, <laughs> oh, before you embark on something like this. And it, like That's I said, if, I said. You wanna, if you want to flip it, if it is flippable, you could make a hundred, hundred fifty thousand dollars based on what you just told me. I but, think the only way that it would flip is flipping us off with all of the things that were going to go wrong with it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if either you two know, but I've been looking into boat ownership, like uh, like sailboats to cruise the world or, or something like that. 
And the more I learn, the more I learn that that is a terrible idea. Exactly. Because because these people, even with good boats, they spend six months out of the year doing some project on their boat. Right. You know, fixing something that's bad, revamping it, doing, uh, you know, bottom paint, fixing the hull, whatever it is, updating systems. And the three to five percent that I mentioned before is more like 10 to 15 percent for boats. Right. So I always know that when you get into a boat, the projects are always bigger than what you think they are with houses the little less so, but it's still there. Right, like you guys right. were ta- just talking about your HVAC system, getting a quote for $20,000. Well, <laughs> that actually might be cheap out where right. you are compared to where I am, because I know the air conditioning uh, it has to have a higher rating down where you are in that part of the country versus True. where I am. So $20,000 might be a going right for an air conditioning. And this place that you're talking about, 1974, no solar on it. You're going to be spending a lot of electricity, I'm thinking. Uh, plus, when you have brownouts, you're not going to have any capability in your house sort right. of thing. So, right. Right. I mean, these are all things that you have to consider. Uh, I'm not going to say no, <laughs> but I'm going to say you better know what you're getting into. Well, I will wrap it up with saying this. Chris thinks that it looks like a house in the Hollywood Hills. To me, it looks like the scene of a Hollywood Hills murder scene oh. kind of house where it's like uh, the girl is by herself out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> at night while her husband is off at work. She hears the strange sounds. The dog starts barking. And next thing you know, there's a person with scream ma- the scream mask, like with a knife going. <laughs> it's it's uh, bad. Okay. You were asking for movie recommendations before. <laughs> you have to watch The Money Pit. Ah, that's what Chris I just said last told, night. I just told her <laughs> yesterday. I just told her that because we we're talking about this house, and it totally reminds me of the Money Pit. <laughs> and, I, and she hasn't seen that. We're gonna watch it this weekend. Yeah, for sure. Well, SP, we have loved having you on the show, and I've just been so entertained with your questions. And thank you for you know humoring me by telling me that I'm your favorite. But we <laughs> did want to make you the first person to know something that Chris wanted to announce before we started recording. So we're going to let you know what that secret is right now. Okay. He's pregnant. Uh, no. How'd you know? It's triplet. <laughs> no, no, but uh, I don't know. See, there's nobody named Christine here in the studio. But we do have somebody called Dr. Christine. Well, thank you. Oh. It happened on Tuesday. I officially passed my final dissertation defense and was officially dubbed Dr. Shipman Smith from here on wow. out. That is fantastic. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much. And now you helped us introduce me with my new title. Uh, Chris thinks that I need to start my own podcast, Conversations with Dr. Christine. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. From the K2s, from the worldwide famous K2 Studios. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know where to find us, but where can our friends and listeners find you and your podcasts? Oh, the best place to go would be at our website, gunnageek.com. That's G-O-N-N-A-G-E-E-K.com. You can find all the activities I was talking about earlier on that website. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much, SP, for being on the show today. We've really enjoyed it, and we look forward to continuing to connect with you and learning more about the wonderful things you're doing on your shows. 
Yeah, thanks. It was an honor being on this show. Like I said before, right at the beginning, it's been an even better entertaining conversation. I just can't wait to have another conversation with you guys. In the Maybe I'll be a guest on the Dr. Christine show, seeing how screwed <laughs> up I am with my rocket scientists or, oh. or, or the how well or how poor the wedding went. Oh, yes. Fantastic. <laughs> well, we'll uh, be waiting to hear more great things coming from you. Thank you. Thank you. The Pod Breed Network is strictly for the small podcasts that are up and coming in the vast world of podcasting. Pod Breed is made up of many diverse podcasts coming together to achieve the same goal of being the best damn podcast network on the planet. Find out more at podbreed.com. Well, Dr. Christine, how does it feel to be officially announced you're on the podcast? Well, I mean, I've officially defended my dissertation. I can't actually write doctor on anything yet until my degree is conferred in May, but that's okay if you call me Dr. Christine. Hey, and every listener listening right now, this now is the Chris and Dr. Christine show. (laughs) You're such a brat. We are not. We're not going to go by that. But I have been thinking about like what's next for me because school took up so much of my time and I'm going to have so much extra time now. What would you think, Chris, if I, I mean, you have podcastic audio. What if I was to do like my own spinoff where it was like coaching with Christine or coach your way to success with Dr. Christine? Oh, gosh, that sounds lovely. You think so? We'll work on the title. I mean, it's a little kind of iffy, but right now we got- What? We it's got, my idea. I know it's your idea, but we have to like make it- Pizzazz it up somehow. I think it was pizzazzy. You're talking down about my title. I'm not. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna fluff it up a little bit. I think it's like fantastic, Doctor. I think Christine. it's achieve your dreams with Doctor Christine. Ooh, there you go. See, we could like play on words. Well, we'll figure it out. But Christine, you want? I will figure it out. Hey, babe, you want to do another podcast? If, if I was to do it, I would be doing it by myself with content creation. But I might choose to hire you as my producer. Oh, well, or my I, editor, but that wouldn't mean that you get to direct it. I would be the director. Actually, I'd be the director and the producer. You could be my manager of editing, but I okay. would hold all of the creative license. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. of course. No babe. bossy Chris bossing me around no, the not- second podcast. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. So, <laughs> hey, do you have any? You think you have any guests you could line up for that? Would be oh, SP maybe? Dude, I have like, I have a list. I do. Okay. They're banging on my door. You know, I heard that Oprah was considering coming on and uh, Dr. Brene Brown. I also heard um, Eddie Vedder. Okay. Is he still alive? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Kurt Cobain. Uh, No. (laughs) Um, I'm just going to, you know, consult with the higher realm. (laughs) Okay. But no, I mean, I I really do think that if I was to make it about, well, I've been thinking about a podcast as I've been doing some coaching with women in uh, trying to get back into industry after being out, you know, as some of the statistics I was mentioning at the beginning of the podcast about how many women have had to exit uh, the job force to be able to keep their kids educated and to take care of childcare in the midst of the pandemic. I've been thinking about a series, even if it's a limited podcast series, focused on how to, um, I don't want to call it get back up, but like bridging, I don't even know how to explain it, but getting back in the game. That's what it is. Like getting back in the game after being knocked down, um, and it could be for people that are experiencing unemployment or 
you know, what happens in a lot of people's careers is they decide to like change industries and they feel like maybe they're, they've been out of the loop for too long and need a little bit of coaching on exactly what to do and say to like be seen as competitive and uh, not to toot my own horn, but it's something that I do pretty well in coaching people around that concept of like, what do you say? And what do you do to reframe your experiences and get over that feeling of like, maybe I'm too old or maybe it's too late for me to do this or maybe I'm not experienced enough at like that imposter syndrome. And so I was thinking about a podcast where I could actually have guests and I would walk through like a coaching session with wow, them. Wow, I, I actually listened. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, like, and I think a lot of people would too, because a lot of people, like you said, because of COVID, they are looking for work. They're trying to get back out there when things start to reopen. Yeah, so it's kind of like I wouldn't call it a therapy session, but it's more of like a professional therapy session. Where I mean, it's executive coaching. It's what I do for my job full time. It's I work sometimes on like data infrastructure stuff, but I've counseled and uh, coached numerous high-level administrators within school districts and helping them like break through their own personal mindset barriers to achieving their next promotion. And I feel like maybe I could do that on a broader scale through a podcast. What do you think? I think that sounds fantastic. And I know this episode has been very long for you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We both really, really appreciate it. You know what? It's not long for everybody because, you know, just like SP said... My fans have spoken and they love to hear me talking about my interests. And so I could continue to go on and on and on. Well, you will. And you're <laughs> and look out for a second podcast near you, Dr. Christine. Maybe, maybe in the near future. But until then, we will see you all back here next week. Remember this week that life is too short to wake up in the morning with regret. So love the people who treat you right. Forget about the ones who don't and believe that everything happens for a reason. If you get a chance, take it. If it changes your life, let it. Nobody said that it would be easy. They just promised it would be worth it. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Chris. And I'm Christine. And until next week, keep moving forward.